dude, he was 5'10", but his dick was like, I don't know, 10'7"? O cara. Jizzy Assured. I will spread for daddy. So many free agent quarterbacks. <laughs> so many free agents. This offseason is going to be great. And we're about to fucking talk about it, baby. <laughs> the list just keeps going. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Garbage Time, your favorite Boda football show. It is going to be the dynamic duo, the gruesome twosome. It's Drew and James. Drew, how the fuck are you? Oh, James, I am phenomenal tonight. How are you, buddy? Oh, dude, I'm feeling good. I just slammed a nice coffee. I'm on the fucking clock right now to see when my bowels hate me. There we go. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run real quick. I'm going to grab a beer. I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, you go grab a beer. I'll do the... Uh, whatever kind of intro we're doing so on today's episode we're going to be going into the bills and jesus that was quick the bills and the packers this is going to be the drew centric episode love these i'm actually here for this one i know last time we're here for packers episodes (laughs) um so we're gonna be doing the usual thing we're gonna be talking about what they need what they should be doing in free agency slash the draft maybe some trades if need be, but really I think with these two teams, Drew, I think we're just talking about free agency and draft. I think that's kind of the key. Yeah. Um, there are some potential trades that they could benefit from, but I, I don't think that there's really any scenarios that we need to be looking at that are going to benefit them more than what they can do in the free agency and draft. So, No. And I think another thing I've learned just trying to talk about sports for a couple of years now is you can never predict what fucking trades happen. I would no. never have guessed Matt Stafford's worth two, theoretically, three first-round picks. Yeah, and a third-round pick. <laughs> and a third-round pick. So you never really know what's going to happen, but that's why we're here. That's what we're here for. We're here to look stupid when we when we try to predict these things. Yeah, we're here to eat 9,000 calories. Thanks, JJ Watt, you dumb bitch. Come on, JJ. Come oh, to yeah. Green Bay, man. God, don't go to Green Bay. Come to Green Bay. I want to start with Green Bay, but we're going to start with Buffalo. We're going to talk about them. Man, so disappointing <laughs> championship round just right off the bat. Disappointing last three games of the season, James. Yeah, I guess that's also fair. <laughs> they kind of scraped their way along in the playoffs, and they got, they got caught by the Chiefs, uh, which were a much better team. I wouldn't say they scraped their way along. They, they won pretty solidly before they got there. I I actually had them picked over the Chiefs. So I did do. Did not do just, well with picks this year. They did what the Bills do and fell apart on the bigger stage. And mm-hmm. hell, I mean, if they can just keep going one every year, just get get to a one high round every year. They'll they'll get there eventually. So when I'm looking at the Bills' biggest needs in the offseason, their weakness wise, I mean, I think primarily. I'm looking at the O-line. I think you need to get Josh Allen a little more protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, linebackers, you're going to need to get someone on the middle. You need a quarterback of the defense. Yeah. Their secondary could use help. It's not a primary need, but it is a need. Mm-hmm. And the tight ends. I think as much as I like Dawson Knox, I don't think he's the long-term answer. I agree. Um, I think that you do have to find a way to get 
a different guy in there because um, Josh Allen would benefit greatly from having a consistent tight end to throw to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who, who would we have for options at, at tight end for the Bills this year? If they wanted to go free agency route, I mean, there aren't a ton of names that stick out. Like the, are... I'm very glad you brought that up, Drew, about free agency, because they're going to need to clear up some space. They're not in the negative, but they're sitting with $2 million worth of cap space right now. Off of a projected, I think, what, 126 or whatever it is or something? Yeah. Um, so free agents are going to be a tough market for them. Right. But, I mean, they, they could theoretically clear up some space. So, I mean, you're probably not going to be looking at um, picking up a top-tier guy in free agency. Not that I think there are even going to be any top-tier tight ends in free agency this year. Um, well, I, I really I really don't expect John New Smith to leave Tennessee. No, and like Robert Tanyan, I don't expect to leave Green Bay. I don't expect Hunter Henry to leave the Chargers necessarily. Um, that one I could see. That one it, I could it, see. That's probably the most likely for sure. Um, I don't necessarily see it happening though. No. Richard Rogers is a guy that's kind of floating around. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a career journeyman kind of guy. It, it would be a, a piece. He's not the worst tight end to have on your team, for sure. No, not by a long he, shot. He's not Brandon Bostick. <laughs> <sighs> That's a name. Yeah. So with that $2 million, I want to talk about this before. Um, they can clear up $8.1 million, but they, I looked this up. There's a big name and a boat of favorite they would have to part ways with. John Brown. They would have John Brown. And I, I don't necessarily think that's the worst move in the world, especially with the emergence of Gabriel Davis and right. Stefan Diggs becoming a true, true one. I think you could let John Brown walk and save that $8 million. Yeah, I, I think that it, it wouldn't be a, a bad move by any any means. It sucks, though. I like John Brown. I like John Brown a lot. I think he uh, works well in that system as the number two guy. Um, mm-hmm. He, he really has been built for that his whole career. He's not a number one receiver. He's too small. Yeah. Uh, but, dude, that speed, he just – defenses forget that you let him behind you and he's gone. Um, Gabriel Davis is a completely different receiver. So it would be interesting to see – I mean, not that we didn't get a chance to with how often John Brown has been injured recently. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much always. Um but yeah, no, I, I don't think that that's a move that would necessarily hurt this offense. I think that they have enough talent behind those two guys, Diggs and Brown, to to make up for it. And I mean, Zach Moss hopefully recovers well from the injury that he got in the playoffs and can, can take a step forward this coming year and provide them a little bit more of a running game and more of a departure from Devin Singletary, who is he still going to be on the team next year? I don't know. That's also a big question mark. I mean, you could very well see them go with another running back because they've been disappointing, but I really don't put their issues on the running backs. I think they're young, not, I mean, they're talented, but like, I don't think they're the kind of be able to create space on their own. I think they need a strong line in front of them. I think Zach Moss has that potential. I think he's more of a, a power back, clear space on your own kind of guy. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're right. No running back is going to be successful without a, an offensive line that can provide them some sort of push down the field. So 
I think that is more of the the way to look at it because Singletary and Moss again are a decent enough committee where as long as you have a decent offensive line, they'll, they'll be able to produce something and take some pressure off of Josh Allen. So true. So where do you think they go with the line issues then? Because I don't think that's enough of a need. They spend that in the first round. I think there's really only two options for them in the first round. I think they have to go defense in the first round. Yeah. No I, I think they have to get an elite young defensive talent to bring up through that system. Um, with how much the defense has fallen off the last year. Because, um, I mean, they went from, what, top five to – top half of the league (laughs) right i mean it wasn't ridiculous but they they fell off pretty good um like you said they they do need a quarterback on that defense they need a a middle linebacker to make those calls so i don't know if you have any thoughts for that in the draft but um the middle linebacker i mean there's really only one guy and he's about to i I talked about this in the ig lab we did before it's nick bolton nick bolton's the guy who's going to be floating around this part of the draft that is just beyond valuable. He's a strong middle linebacker. He can make some bad decisions here and there, but his coverage is insane. He was Missouri's defense. So having someone like that, I think would be beyond valuable. But the issue is there's so many teams that would like to have him. Like, you know, like the Browns want him, the Bills want him, the um, Pack could even get him at some point if you could see that. One pick before the Bills. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you don't know how that's going to go if Nick Bolton's even going to be there. I, I projected there's been a bunch of drafts where he does, but we don't know. We don't know. It's crazy. And I think Nick Bolton would be the guy, but if he's not and he's st- the other guy I'm thinking of is still around, I think I would take JC Horn out of South Carolina, Spurs up, no big deal, suck at Clemson, and take a strong corner to pair with Tredavious White and lock down that and then try to get someone in the second round or third round. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that's probably a good way to go because I mean, they're out five cornerbacks this year, not all starting or caliber right. or elite talent or anything, but you're losing five cornerbacks off your roster to free agency as of right now. Mm-hmm. So that, that's definitely a spot that you have to look at building back up. And if you can't get what you're looking for out of a middle linebacker at pick, 30 then maybe you go and look at a corner because corners tend to be a little bit more abundant than middle linebackers uh and i think really when you look at it like offensive weapon wise we're talking about that or offensive line wise you can kind of go later in this one I've, i've talked about this repeatedly but this is a draft where you can wait you can get talented people in the second even third round because it's such a fat stacked class yeah, and, benefit your boys a lot and we talk about them in a little bit yeah because god knows they don't know what the fuck to do with early round picks they're gonna go from not drafting receiver to drafting every receiver every round <laughs> god i really hope not that <laughs> never worked well for them and they got mvs using that strategy but that's about it um and even that's a c plus <laughs> but i, I yeah I think with offensive line too, and Elton Jenkins has proved this to me, but you can find offensive line talent throughout the draft. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fact. Elton Jenkins has become one of the best offensive linemen in the league in the last two or three years. So 
I've always yeah. proved that to me. Offensive line, I mean, even it doesn't matter if you're a top pick. I can't think of who it was that Tennessee drafted last year. It wasn't Thomas, but he's just been a fucking mess. So yeah. you can get talents of people late, and you can get great people in the first. Ta- offensive linemen are just the fucking spectrum when it well, comes I mean, to draft. Isn't it kind of all players, though? There have been plenty of players in late-round situations that have outplayed top-round busts. Yeah, I mean, 100%. It's... It really just depends on the person, man. The draft is wild. I could never draft players for an NFL draft. There's too no. many things you have to look at. No, I mean, fuck, dude. If it was me, I would just be like Cole McDonald every year. Just try to figure out <laughs> Nick Cole McDonald. You would just you know get attached to one player every year. Just use yeah, the I, I, <laughs> Just draft him six times in the same draft. <laughs> First round pick, second round pick, trade my third, then fourth, fourth. Um. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully I didn't do that to myself this year. Actually, speaking of, though, I think a good player who I've actually done a draft diamond on, that would be an amazing fit for them. Hunter Long being the tight end, that would... Honestly, I don't know why he's not picked higher, um, but he's an immaculate tight end. His scouting report's, like, beautiful. He's a reception guy. He can go for deeper plays. He blocks well. He just has doesn't have a big enough frame okay that doesn't really matter kyle pitts is a fucking just stretched out receiver but <laughs> i think hunter long would be a good pairing and i actually think hunter long would compliment dawson knox enough where they could both become threats yeah I think that's fair i mean getting another solid weapon into the middle of that offense to work the middle of the field i mean josh allen is dangerous as it is right now and stefan Diggs right. is arguably one of the best receivers in the league exactly you just you throw any kind of talent onto a different spot of the field while that offense is working and that's a whole different monster Mm -hmm. i think bringing in a young talented tight end would open up a world of possibilities for the bills all right so i think that might actually wrap up the bills for us drew yeah i think that pretty much covers it young talented tight ends they need a middle linebacker and find someone to pair with Trey White on the outside. Mm-hmm. You ready, Drew? I'm ready, James. Um, okay. I'm ready. Let's fucking dig into the pack, baby. Let's get cheesy in this bitch. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, boy. Here so I go. think two biggest question marks, and we already know, like, your thoughts on one, but yeah. talking about the two Aarons, Jones and Rodgers, because obviously – you end the season, Rodgers didn't seem happy. The Packers organization has said, he's our guy, but, like, have they really shown that he's the guy? And then Aaron Jones, I mean, he's been great, but are you going to cash out for him when you have two talented backs sitting right there behind him? So you take whatever path you want with that. If you want to go Rodgers or Jones, we'll build off that. Well, I want to I wanna work on the Rodgers talk first. Because, okay. I mean, I, I look at it pretty plain and simply. I don't think that he's going anywhere i i think that he will be back next year okay i just from what gutekunst has said and that they are willing to be more aggressive and go out and get some win now pieces if they can go out and get a guy like jj watt or go out and get another big piece to put on this defense shaq barrett if he becomes available you know someone that is going to be a heart and soul of that defense that would be go a huge 
step of the way in proving that they are willing to maybe liquid liquidate some future assets to to win now so i don't know it's a dance that they've been doing for years now um are they willing to to give him what he needs to win are they not is he willing to stay is he not i think it's going to end the same way other than i think green bay might actually pull through and get him some weapons this time they kind of have to <laughs> they do if he stays they don't have a choice if if he says okay i will come back but <laughs> we need to make some changes we need to to get some more high level talent on the team and we can't for the love of god have a kevin king caliber cornerback going into the nfc championship game no not a shot i mean that in my mind has to be almost the third question mark is what are they going to do with that second corner spot they don't have anyone that can step up and fill it right now they don't have the cap space to go sign somebody (laughs) No, I mean to say I'm looking at it right now. It looks like you guys are gonna be 19 million over, which isn't necessarily which is a whole lot better thing. than the 28 million we were gonna be over before we restructured Boxiari's contract. I know. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of work to be done to to whittle that number down. I think Preston Smith might become a cap casualty this year, um, with his lack of production over the last year. Um I mean you'd save eight million just there. Right. That's almost half of our over the cap number right now. So I, that would be huge, especially if you can bring in someone like JJ Watt with that money. Um, right. It'd have to be a, a small contract. That's for sure. JJ wouldn't be making the big bucks up there, but would he be willing to take a hometown discount? I don't think that's out of the question. So maybe, I mean, especially at this point in his career, right. Uh, Go up, play where he grew up, play for the team that he rooted for as a kid. And it's not like they don't have a championship window open right now. Right. I mean, they've been to the fucking NFC final, what, two out of two? Two out of two. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I I think it would be a a good spot for him. And he would be just beloved beyond belief in Green Bay. It would be – it would almost be too good of a story that someone not named Tom Brady would be a part of for it to happen. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, my thoughts, I pray it doesn't just for my stomach lining. Um, it's a very real possibility. I mean, Zach brought this up last Boda show, but you're talking about a very different NFC championship game. If you can get JJ Watt being able to pressure Tom Brady more. I said, I mean, I, I adamantly was like, I don't think JJ Watt was a decisive factor but I do think it's a different game. I don't even know that I would go that far because that wasn't really the issue. Again, we picked Brady off three times, man. It The Packers had every opportunity to win that game, with or without extra defensive help, with or without most of the things that you can talk about. It came down to not having the best left tackle in football. Yeah, trying to stop Sue and JPP, who I did just read a fun fact earlier that Tom Brady has more rings than JPP has fingers. Just thought I'd throw that out there. But um, play with fireworks, kids. That's a more <laughs> we're getting back to here. Literally, um, but, but no, I I think that the problems lie for the Packers in that game 
in not being able to protect Rodgers enough. And I mean, I'm amazed that they did as well as they did without David Bakhtiari up until that point. So insane. Um, if they can get him back and healthy, then watch out. Because if you can protect Aaron Rodgers even for a little bit longer, that's that's a different game. That's what makes that a different game. Fair enough. More pressure on Brady might change a couple of things, but I don't think it changes the outcome necessarily on its own in a vacuum. Now, <laughs> if you had someone that knew how to cover somebody, that might have made, made a difference because some of those big plays, and I'm sorry to jump all the fuck over the place, but. Dude, no, please. The Go. other thing that really bothers me is Aaron Jones coming out on that first drive after halftime and fumbling the ball for a touchdown for them. That to me was, yeah, just let him walk. Just let him go. Because you can't, can not do that. They were trying to come out there, regain a little bit of momentum. And if they had been able to score points on that drive, now you're talking about a different game. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about a potential 10 to 14 point swing in the Packers' favor if Jones doesn't fumble that ball. Then you have no questions at the end of the game if you're winning by nine. <laughs> <laughs> so I is uh, that game proved to me that we cannot pay Jones what he wants to be paid. And Kevin King needs to go die in a ditch. <laughs> those are the two things <laughs> and the offensive line thing I, you, you're not going to beat the Buccaneers without an elite healthy offensive line No, um, but that goes for every team in the NFL at this point yeah. it's just a fact of life that it's what you need so when we're looking at the Packers I, I don't know if I already said this we might repeat it but biggest need wide receiver yep. get, get Aaron some weapons assuming yep. he stays right, obviously which I he, think is a fair assumption Right. Um, get some middle linebacker help. Get someone through the middle because, as much as I love Christian Kirksey, you know, <laughs> you need someone better. And he's better, like you have said before, when he's not calling the plays, when he's mm-hmm. just doing his thing and playing football. He's actually really good. I really like Christian Kirksey. But when he has that added responsibility of calling the plays and making adjustments and stuff, it's a little too much for him to handle. So if they can go out, and he doesn't even have to be good. You just someone that can go out there and handle the coordination of that defense under a new defensive coordinator, nonetheless. <laughs> um, <laughs> but someone that can put them in a position to, you know, make the right adjustments and be where they're supposed to be, which is a huge issue right now. Cause watching the Packers, not even just this past year over the last five, six, seven years, it always seems like there are people that are just absolutely out of position. So that's always um, let's focus on coaching up a disciplined defense. Let's go get somebody to run that defense on the field. And like you said, let's let's give Aaron some some toys to play with. Let's let's let him have some fun again. Let's try to go back to the days where he had guys like Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, just endless James Jones. Endless pools of guys to throw the football to that you could rely on catching it and making plays happen pretty much no matter what. So that's what we need, man. One thing I think would actually benefit you guys a lot, which would be my third pick. I mean, I, I have 
cornerback and defensive line edge, as you clarified. But assuming you get J.J. Watt, that becomes no longer an issue. The cornerback was kind of an auxiliary piece. I think having a hybrid safety who can attack the like run and play back, almost like a kind of Harrison Smith, would benefit you guys insanely. I don't think you're going to find that in free agency unless something happens. But I do have a couple sleepers for you in the draft. But talk to me. I don't necessarily see safety as a need. I Who would you replace is the question. Are you talking about replacing Adrian Amos or Darnell Savage? Neither. I think getting someone to complement those pieces. I don't think you're getting someone as a top-tier pick. I think you're getting someone who's a project who – A little bit of a utility guy. Maybe exactly. Slot you kind of run one as a like nickel, nickel guy. Player. Maybe even dime. But yeah. just someone to kind of roam. Maybe even a kind of a sub-linebacker kind of dude. That's kind of what I'm saying is like someone yeah. to fill that gap, but it might add the layer of or another dynamic layer to that defense. Yeah, just someone that can kind of be everywhere on the field. And and yeah, no, I completely I think a, a utility knife would be a huge help for that defense. They need somebody that can just kind of roam and be unpredictable, which is definitely a cool aspect to add to a talented defense. So my I mean, I, I think we should talk about receivers. Uh, I think we can I guess we can glance at some of these free agents and talk about them because it wouldn't be a bad thing if you could, especially assuming we go back to the bills and say that they cut John Brown, yep. John Brown might be a cheap option. You guys could get and pick up. Absolutely. I'd so like John, Brown. John, John Brown being on the Packers would be sweet, but knowing me, I'm going to go to the draft and I'm going to bring up a few names here. Some of them I already talked to you about in DMS and private. Sophie, thank you for interrupting another podcast, baby girl, your freaking click clack. Um, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss is arguably one of my favorites. He would be a true two. He's a burner. He's a great route runner, yeah. vertical guy, like, or stretch the field kind of guy. Him pairing with Devontae Adams would be awesome. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC, who yep. I talked about. I love him. I love his potential. He's literally just buried because of names. He's a day two guy. You wouldn't be paying a lot for him. Great option. Awesome. Awesome option words rondell moore who i can never remember if he's out of purdue i think so uh would be another interesting pick which i've seen floated around in a couple drafts yeah purdue uh he's a big catch kind of guy once again just vertical threat would give another layer i'm really looking at when i'm looking at receivers i'm looking at some guy who can not really do the yak but like kind of get the like big play right yeah. to replace what Valdez Scantling and Lazard kind of do but not on a consistent basis sure and I mean looking at MVS is such a hard player to talk about because <laughs> when he's good he's fucking fantastic he can break defenses in a heartbeat but the drops man the fucking the drops. Drops. that's two years in a row that the Packers receivers have lost the most yardage on drops <laughs> that's a goddamn shame it is it's it's awful and hard to watch for fucking sure um so i think more than anything they need to find a guy that can catch the fucking ball because i mean that is step one of any play is catch the fucking ball <laughs> so i above all else ball security needs to be the number one priority for any running backs that they look at bringing in, which is why it's phenomenal that they have AJ Dillon and 
I I think that they could roll with AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams. To be honest with you, I don't really think they need anything else. Because no, I I mean I think that's pretty locked in. Jamal Williams hasn't fumbled a football in what four years. <laughs> like, it's pretty it's fucking impressive how he's never fumbled the football. Um, so yeah, I think if you stick with those two guys at running back, you give yourself a little bit of room to work elsewhere. You go out and find a receiver that, above all else, can hold on to the ball when he throws it his way. Um, because you can't do anything until you do that. Um, keep Tunyon. Make sure Tunyon comes back. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, if he wants to come back, make sure he comes back as well. Um, and then, like you said, defensively, number one priority would probably be, in my mind, it's going and finding a, a second corner because mm-hmm. that just became such a glaring weakness that you can't ignore it at this point. Um, secondarily, go out, get a linebacker that can kind of quarterback that defense. And thirdly, if you can, bring J.J. Watt up to Green Bay, baby. Please, God, no. Um, <laughs> so uh, I would, if I was the Packers GM, I, I'm going to give you – my plan right i will give you what i would think so you're sitting currently you said the packers are sitting in front of the bills i believe the packers have the 29th pick i could be wrong either way so let's assume that's the case right yeah once again i already said this i think nick bolton and jc horn are going to be two guys that are sitting that late in the draft that are both studs if i was the packers and i had the choice of the two i'm going to lean nick bolton i think Play recognition, pass coverage, he's exactly what you want as the middle linebacker that late. Right. So first pick, I'm going to take Nick Bolton. I think that's an awesome move. I think that locks the defense, or at least the middle of the field, right? We just become the best coverage fucking team in the NFL. Like, wet dream of a defensive coordinator. Next, I'm going to look at a wide receiver. Like I said, you're you're talking the second round. I don't know what your second round pick is. This is great planning by me but you need to get a wide receiver and there's enough that you can do that there. If Elijah Moore is there, get him. If Amon Ross St. Brown is there, get him. If not, I would say actually wait because I have someone in the later rounds. I can promise you he's going to be like sixth or seventh round pick. And I hate it because he went to Texas, but this kid, Brennan Eagles, he he's not the best route runner in the world. He has a hard time kind of getting separation although he's made that work the thing that makes him so valuable and i'm really glad she said this earlier we we suck with the pop-ups today dude we suck but brennan, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to transition brennan eagles that dude when he can make a catch just holds on to it he does not drop the ball and it's fucking annoying so i need that's what you need, right? You need a guy who's <laughs> going to make those short yarded catches and get that. So Brennan Eagles could be that guy. So I'm saying Bolton, second round pick a receiver, see who's available. Uh, then super late round two, because I talked about this, getting a hybrid potential like linebacker, safety, someone who's a project. I'm going to introduce you to Darius Washington out of TCU. This kid potentially might go undrafted, might be a seventh rounder. He was had trouble with turnovers, which is why I like having someone like um, Amos in the back to train him up. 
would benefit him a lot because he kind of keeps his eyes locked in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So if there's a run, I've seen this dude steam people. He will, he will crush and he will stop the run. But the issue is he gets bit on play action a lot. So if he has his eyes locked on play action, he's going to get burnt behind him. Mm-hmm. So having that, being able to train him, build him up, and then have that like auxiliary piece to kind of rotate in at a low cost of like a seventh or sixth rounder, yeah. maybe even undrafted if you can just sign him. Yeah. Money. Absolutely. So ideal, Elijah Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown in the second, Nick Bolton in the first. Go get Brennan Eagles just as an auxiliary piece and go get Washington as an auxiliary piece. That would be, I would say, the key to getting you guys into the bowl. I, yeah, I think that all those areas are areas that need improvement for sure. Um, and just, yeah, all the players that you kind of outlined there have the, the qualities that, I mean, there's really no other choice for the Packers to go out and get players with those qualities at this point. Right. Everything else hasn't really worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, looking at free, like we said, with free agency, look, I mean, cool, you could try to get Corey Davis, but you're going to end up right back in salary cap hell. Right. Cool, yeah. you could try to get Allen Robinson, steal him, but guess what? Salary cap, double hell. are going to franchise tag Allen Robinson. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think that, and Devin Funches is going to be a weird thing. But, yeah, I kind of forgot. I kind of yeah. forgot about Devin Funches. So I don't, I don't know. I don't remember how long they signed him for. <laughs> but if it was more than one year and he comes back, that could answer one of the questions, or just the fuck rid of him and open up the cap space. One of the yeah, two. it up. So I, I think that that's going to be an interesting piece to see where that falls. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, I, I think that you have to answer the biggest two questions on defense and get Rodgers consistent help on offense. That's what it comes down to. Man. <laughs> That's really what it is, is get Rodgers weapons. Keep yeah. him happy. Yeah, I mean, because the dude can do things that nobody else, barring maybe Patrick Mahomes, can do. No. So – if you give him the players that he had when they made their deep runs back at the beginning of his career and with a defense that can hold its own, you're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers now. <laughs> not even close. It's in the Packers' hands now. They, they got to do what they got to do. And if they fail again, this is it. That's, this, is, this year is do or die. What's your panic level for the offseason? Because this is a very stressful offseason, man. It, it, it really could tilt you guys into the – I don't think the Packers are a team that would fall out of the playoffs. No, I, I don't very think anything they can do barring just blowing the team up mm-hmm. that would keep them out of the playoffs, especially in that division. Yeah. Um, I don't – I'm not really panicking. I'm just really nervous because, like we said, there, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed, and they need to be addressed correctly for this to work. So, do I have faith in the Packers front office to address issues correctly? Good fucking lord, no, I do not. But there's really no choice at this point. So, if we want to get back to the Super Bowl, those are the things we need. Time will tell if the Packers front office can see that. 
I'm very excited for when we do our like draft episode. I mean, we got to do something for the draft this year. Oh, 100%. All together. Absolutely. First round at least. But all right. I think the last thing we should talk about is uh, Vincent Jackson. Yeah. I mean, that news, when that popped up on my phone, I devastated. Absolutely devastating. When, when you talk, we talked about it a little bit on the little live pre show thing. But when I think of my early years watching football, Vincent Jackson is a name that comes up almost instantly. He is almost the receiver that I think about when I think about my early years watching the NFL. And just as good of a player and as much of an icon as he was on the the Chargers and Bucks on the field, the dude was a phenomenal human being off the field and contributed and gave back so much to the communities that he was a part of and that were lucky enough to have him be a part of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shame when you see such a, a bright light snuffed out so early. He's 38 years old. It's just absolutely awful. I mean, rest in peace, Vincent. Yeah, I mean, beyond that, dude, just like, I, 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 you look at players like he's helped develop. I mean, the biggest name is he was with Mike Evans at the beginning of his career. He was kind of the guy who probably helped shape Mike Evans into being a top tier NFL receiver. Yeah. I mean, Beyond that, like, lap with um, Keenan Allen, though? Uh, I think I'd have to check the timeline on that one, but I think so. I don't know. Either, either way, I mean, you, we talked about it, dude. Like perennial Walter Payton Man of the Year, like his accomplishments off the field just outweighed everything he did on the field. And it's tragic to see him go in such a shocking fashion. Absolutely. And I mean, can only hope that the investigations and stuff turn up as good as one can hope that there was nothing sinister involved or nothing, no foul play or anything like that. And I don't know. And I, I don't even know what to say. I I'm devastated by that news. Yeah. So rest in peace, Vincent Jackson, our thoughts and prayers go out to your family and all those affected. And thank you for touching so many people's lives and making football so fun for so many years. Drew, you want to, want to close it out? Yeah. I mean, on that note, somber one to end on, but <laughs> yeah, you all, all so much for listening. Um, you know where to find us, all of your podcast platforms and we're live on YouTube sporadically. We don't have a schedule. We suck, um, but you know where to find us. You're listening to us. We love you guys. Thank you so much. For James, for me, for our boys that couldn't be here tonight. We love you, Boda Worlds. We'll see you next time. Stay beautiful.